Welcome to another episode of No Thanks But Yes, chill conversations with splendid people. This podcast features the many faces, voices, and pathways of recovery from problematic relationships with substances and behaviors. Well, all right. That's all right. Hey, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for saying yes. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. I'm excited about this. I've been checking out some of your digital content and uh, I'm hoping that your story resonates with folks. You're, uh, I, I, I kind of want what you have. I'm, I'm digging your thriving recovery life uh, now and how much you share it with folks. And it really took time to get here. It took work, but so worth it. I like I like that uh, it took time and work, uh, yeah. So, um, well, on no thanks, but yes, we introduce ourselves. So, tell who the heck are you? So, my name is Jessica Ann Pressler. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I've worked as a psychotherapist for over thirty five years, and I um, find myself here because after many years of dysfunctional, toxic, and even abusive relationships. I couldn't figure out why I kept staying in them. It's one thing, you know, you meet someone, you start a relationship with them, but to stay with all my education, with all my helping other people, and I, I couldn't get it together. So I went on a quest. I went on a journey to figure out why, because it felt addicted. I felt addicted to what I thought was love, but what I found out was I was addicted to the fear of abandonment. I was mm -hmm. terrified to be abandoned. So my um, drug of choice in a way, and I don't, that word maybe not is the right word, but my, um, I just couldn't leave. I, I know there are other people out there. I would say it. I would say that there are other people out there that would have left in a heartbeat, but I couldn't go. And so I wanted to figure out why, why I would stay in these toxic relationships and discovered that, um, and, I, and I say this because I think it applies to other people as well in other self-sabotaging behavior. Um, that for me, I was, um, I believe that I cr had this traitor within, I called her the traitor within, it could be a, a he, a she, you know, a they, but I call her cause she was part of me, a traitor within. And she was formed in my childhood, um, uh, because of childhood trauma. I was adopted. I had an alcoholic father who, um, was the closest I got to an emotional connection, but it was, but it was, you know, it was conditional and a mother who was not warm and fuzzy at all. And I, um, was a person that had feelings, but I was told that I was too sensitive. I was this and I was mm -hmm. that I feel safe to be me. I couldn't be authentic. I had to just be quiet. I was the quiet one at the table. And so I, um, had this trauma which I know other people have other traumas that are worse than that, but this was my trauma. And, and I was told that I could be sent back at any time. I was adopted. I wasn't told till I was almost 10. And by the way, we always know we can send you back. So oh. I, and then not talked about for years. So it was, you know, you talk about the inner child, how it's the, it's the part of you that witnesses the trauma, but you don't necessarily remember it. Well, I was told I was adopted and I was told I could be sent back. And I wasn't really, I didn't have the unconditional love. They didn't say, I love you. And, um, and then they didn't talk about it. So that was, you know, that was building my trauma. The other part uh, is that I had 
um, a father who cheated and, um, and he was a nice guy too. You know, people are complex. It's not so black and white, but he, um, but he cheated on my mother and she taught me that when someone cheats on you or becomes abusive to you, you look the other way, you deny it, you, um, you um, do everything you can to make the marriage or the relationship work. You work hard. It's up to you. I was taught that by my grandmother and my aunt, you know, so this is how I grew up. I grew up that I was the one to make it work, that I was going to do anything I can not to be abandoned. And thus, I started dating at 14. I never stopped. I went from one relationship to the next. I was married. I'm married now, but this one is a good one. I was married four, <laughs> four times, four long marriage, four like almost 10-year relationships. And uh, and I stayed no matter what. I mean, at, and there was abuse. There was a, a lot of toxic behavior. And I never. I wouldn't leave. I would just try to fix it. And I would deny it. And I would... so. I, in learning this and create and creating this, this tool, I, uh, the trader within, I was hoping that people could then name their own trader within in their life. And it doesn't have to be in romantic relationships. It could be applied to any self-sabotaging behavior. Right on. Uh, everything you just said resonates deeply with me. I, um, I'm also gratified that we've learned so much now about the complex um, overlapping vulnerabilities to problematic relationships with a variety of things, the role trauma play, the role attachment play. Um, I've really enjoyed reading uh, Gabor Mate's work, particularly The Myth of Normal most re recently, and it's uh, it's been helpful in my uh training and technical assistance with people who are meeting people where they are and uh, trying to address um, the vulnerabilities and the reasons why we do things. So uh, that that's brilliant. Um, I'm glad that you're here. I'm Thank glad you. that you're thriving in, in this uh, life now and um, that you're sharing uh, through work and uh, time you know you are where you are now do do you consider yourself um, does it feel like you're you're in recovery from that previous adaptive behavior or whatever yes it does it's very freeing i never was in a relationship before that i could just be you know you talk about this the maslow's triangle or needing to be you know safe i am safe so i could be me so mm. this is what i'm able to give back i mean i was always giving back but this is why i, I can really devote myself to that. I can devote myself to the mountains. I live um, on an, on the ocean. I'm living on, you know, in California now. And so I could devote myself to inner happiness, but also to be able to give and not be overwhelmed with worry about my relationship. It's so peaceful this way. I hear you. I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing recovery um, is safety that leads uh, to peace and that leads to freedom, freedom, for what? Freedom to find out who you are and to be you. Uh, we spend so many years being somebody or something or acting in certain ways. And I recognize the patterns of my life. And often it was to maintain the approval and the connection of others. Um, I was taught rather young too what it was to be a good boy or what my responsibility was in a given relationship and i would just try my hardest to be that good boy to get that love and and yeah I understand that. 
yeah, really dig uh, safety, um, peace, and freedom. <laughs> Those are beautiful. <laughs> and it's so important. I mean, I know that you said that you work with rural people. I know that that basic need to feel safe before you can get to that next level. It really, you know, it, it's it's true. It's true what Maslow said, and it's it. But that you're right. The safety, the safety to be, the safety to be you to be, you know, true to you and not have to do backbends in order to fit or to not get hurt or to whatever it is that you're doing. And Yeah. I, I really think that, that that ought to be the philosophical underpinning of all of our work. And, and it often uh, is not. Um, we think of simple causes for, let's say, you know, I deal a lot with substance use disorder, simple causes for substance use and simple solutions to stop it. And there's so much underneath, so many complex needs and safety being one of those. Right, exactly. Yes. Wow. Well, I hope that that hits folks right in, in, uh, in the change making spot you know so um what are you doing with all this good good wisdom right now i know that you're uh you've you've got digital content you're working on i know there's a book in the hopper i mean tell me what you do now so um in regard to the book which is also called trader within so it's a self-help book but i what i did instead of doing the typical self-help book where you're writing about you know what the trader is and and maybe exercises and and help and you know getting healthier i decided to write it like a novel and and so when people read it it reads like a novel it's a salacious novel but, you know sadly because i really do expose how desperate I was to not get abandoned. I mean, sexually, uh, suicide attempts. I mean, I was the lowest of low. There was a time where you could have like literally picked me off the floor. I was like, there was no limbo to go under. You know, I was so low. And not to say you have to get low, that wasn't what I was talking about. I just mean that I was desperately doing anything not to be abandoned. The mm -hmm. trigger, you know, um, that triggered my abandonment issues. It was it was it was constant when I was in these relationships, it was a constant fear and willing to do anything again, losing myself, not feeling safe. So I write this book and I tell all I, I, I keep it focused on my, my relationships, my romantic relationship, because that's where it played off. I was healthy in my friendships, believe it or not. I was healthy at work. But this area was where my trader um, came out. And and so I my book reads like a novel. And at the same time, through social media and through my website, I also have about 50 blogs on my website on mental health, different, anything from grief to narcissism to just all over the place. And I um, am doing it that way. And then I'll talk about it that way. So it's a different way of, of self-help book. I love it. It sounds like it, uh, it will hook folks. It will keep folks engaged. But uh, Carrie carries deep meaning and, and a revelation of process. Um, I'm intrigued by the trader construct. I know what a trader is. Mm -hmm. um, what what does what does this trader do? What does this trader betray in, in you? And I reason I called her the trader is because I think that she means well. I think that her intention, 
you know, she doesn't want me to feel abandoned because she is hyper-focused on that one part of me. She's so, she so much didn't want me, doesn't want me to be, feel the pain, which was horrific pain for me of abandonment. So she would do anything or she would guide me or lead me to do anything not to be abandoned. Unfortunately, in the end, I wound up abandoning myself because I was, I mean, I would, I would have died. I would have by my own hands in order not to feel abandonment. I, and, and I wasn't depressed. I didn't want to die. I loved life. You know, you have these, these dual things happening at the same time. I loved life. I, I didn't want to sleep because I loved life so much, but yet I would have died not to feel abandoned, you know, and, yeah. or the anxiety of abandon. So she swoops in when I, when I always think of her with a little, you know, like she comes in and I'm going to do everything. I'm your friend. I'm going to handle things. And she'll swoop in when I'm triggered, when I, when I'm um, scared of abandonment but she'll lead me to do things. So I think she's telling me the right thing to do, but she's not. So she's my traitor. And, and she'll lead me down an, uh, a road, whatever it is, um, of self-destruction and self-sabotage. You know, this, this is such an effective use, youth, youth. <laughs> this is <laughs> such an effective use of anthropomorphizing either an adaptive behavior or a pathology, something I have a tendency to uh, uh, not encourage folks to do because in, in the substance use space, we have a tendency to go turn the knob all the way up to evil, you know, demons and devils inside of us. And that kind of is more confirmation bias of the self-inflicted moral failing. But I see this traitor as an ally, a well-intentioned zealot trying to help you, but helping, hurting you in the name of help. I, I'm intrigued. I cannot wait to read it. Thank you. Yeah. Right on. Well, good. I, I, I think that uh, I will learn a few things. <laughs> well, um, what, what's the, uh, the website and, and, and the, your, and your social, uh, what's your social address? Oh, it's Jessica Ann, and I know it's a funny world, Jessica Ann Pressler. And, uh, and the, uh, website is jessicaannpressler.com. So on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, it's all Jessica at Jessica Ann Pressler. Right on, right on. Good. Come get you some. I, I've enjoyed watching your stuff and I am going to enjoy reading your book. Um, I think that, uh, it will enhance my own recovery and, and hopefully some, uh, some listeners will come get them some too, because, yeah. uh, Go Good. The other thing I do, and I will send this to anyone that wants it. So anyone that hears it, I do. I have a ton of these. Um, these are trigger bracelets. So it says Trader Within. Um, you wear them. <laughs> and if you find yourself triggered, you either can snap it or you can do breathing exercises or grounding exercises. And um, I will send a whole bunch to you if you want to give them out. Oh. And anyone that wants them can let me send an email to me at jessicaannpressler at gmail if they want, and I will send them to them. Right. Little, little, little rubber, uh, pink rubber bracelets. Another tool. So Trader Within the Name is a tool and this is a tool. These are all tools to help when you're, we're triggered. Oh, I, I need tools for sure. They were helpful in my early recovery um, as well. I'd use sometimes uh, vocal uh, cognitive disruptors and some folks were like, do you have Tourette's or something? I'm like, let me just do my thing. Okay. <laughs> 
I, I, I yes, <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is. And I was, yeah, it helped all far out. Well, um, I'll tell you what, I try to remind folks that recovery from anything does not have to be a laboring trudge through a veil of tears that uh, recovery is safety, peace, and, and freedom and joy. Tell me, what do you do for fun? What do you do for you? Tell me what you do in sunny Cali. Well, I walk my two dogs every day for a couple hours and it's, and see people. I've met so many people with my dogs. So I, as a matter of fact, I had a Super Bowl party recently and I invited um, 20 neighbors that I met walking the dogs. So that's joyful. Um, being with my puppies is joyful. Being with my husband is joyful. Um, looking at the mountains and the ocean is joyful. I don't need more than that. <laughs> and my kids. Okay. I love my kids hanging out <laughs> too. And my friends. <laughs> I have to say that. I mean that. I do. But I, being, um, I love nature. <laughs> like being at the Oscars and forgetting. Oh, oh my God. Forgetting. I forgot to thank my kids. <laughs> exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> or or like in the jerk when he's walking out all i need is my blue thermos and uh, i don't know if you saw. <laughs> i did a long time ago but i understand the concept because <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago <laughs> that's steve martin steve martin right yeah. on oh well i'll tell you that sounds like a joyful life i too uh, my dog if it weren't for my dog i would be probably exclusively a digitalist citizen at work and at play a mm -hmm. uh, little buddy gets me out of the house and uh, walking the oh. river and running into people too that is an important part running I did, into a blog. I did a blog i did a blog i said on many mental health issues but i did a blog on pets on 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 having you know animals we could, and because the hospice work that i do too i encourage people because they look for purpose again and someone to take care of and, and and recommended getting a dog if they are able to take care of the dog and part of it wasn't just having purpose and having this wonderful unconditional loving creature in your life but it was meeting people it was going out and it forces you to go out and walk and meet people and I don't know about everywhere, but I know that where I live, there are the most incredible souls. Everyone is smiling and friendly. And I do experiments sometimes. I just smile at people and see if they'll if it's contagious. <laughs> Smiles are contagious. Oh, I I've seen people like you. No, I do the same thing, and hopefully the response is uh, good. Um, yeah, people are good, and I have I've been running into a lot of people too, and I've I've. Uh, I, I can't recall the last uh, experience where I've been like, you know what? I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> um, except on Twitter, you know. <laughs> I hate the haters. <laughs> but the, I think that people are complex. You know, not every and not everyone is just it's not good or bad. People are complex. People and, are complex. Yeah. But the, and I don't know if you're like this, but I, but I think that um, I always want, I always believe there's some, there's good in everybody, but it doesn't mean that you have to be in a bad relationship to, to, to find that good. Because that's one of, one of my issues too. I always say like, what, what, what's my love bombing was when someone needed me, when someone mm. needed, or when they, they don't, I'm not saying they were trying to manipulate me and tell me they needed me, although some did. It was my, uh, my love bombing was, be, was mean being thinking I could help them like thinking you know, making it my 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 job but, but I didn't look at it as a job but making it my you know to help them so uh, but you don't have to lose yourself to do it 
You don't have to lose yourself to do that. Oh, that's important. Uh, it's important that folks can learn that they don't have to um, to hit these bottoms or go through hellish journeys to gain these insights and these connections to the world. I, well, I assume they don't have to. I mean, that was yours and my pathway, but... <laughs> Some may, but not everyone does. And, and it's, it's okay. It's okay. However, the journey is, but um, with the hope that you will come out the other end. Oh. And my hope is by teaching people what I've been through, maybe they don't have to hit that rock bottom. Maybe I can get them before that happens. I would love to get the young people. I, I would love to teach and, you know, to talk to people in high school about relationships, what's healthy and what's not. And one of the things I talk about, and I know it's like a, a thing now, but um, the people with narcissistic traits, if people could understand where they're coming from, then maybe they wouldn't, um, they would see that things aren't their fault and they would see the predictability of it and put themselves not in that relationship because of that. Nothing against that person because a narcissist person with traits has wounds. I mean, it's very, it, you want to, I mean, I, I have the desire to help them, but it doesn't mean that you need to be the recipient of their shooting out their pain and their and their, you know, abuse. Well, this is prevention education that I wholeheartedly support. I, I think that's brilliant. And, and uh, the more information that we can give young folks, uh, the less uh, pain that they will experience and the more opportunities for safety. Well, one of the things I wanted to do in intergenerational trauma is I learned what I learned and how to and how to handle my romantic relationships from my mother, my aunt, and my grandmother. I don't want my kids to do what I did, and it was really important for me also to make the changes so they can see now that I'm in a healthy relationship and what it's like because they had no idea I was the worst model for them, and for that I have to deal with the guilt of that. But now I can show them that what is healthy. And I could try, as I said, to teach others so they don't have to go through all those years. So, and, and I, that can apply to anything. I don't mean to just stay, talk about romantic relationships, but whatever it is, I could be a healthy model for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can inculcate these protective factors into folks, even if they've been exposed. I, I understand the shame and the guilt of of some of the patterns that I may have set down in my children, but I do know that my recovery and my healthy journey started young enough that I also laid down some some really good uh, patterns, hopefully to balance things out. So I, I try to be a, an example uh, as well. I'm sure you are. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well. Um, I'll tell you what, I think we're, uh, I'd love to talk more about dogs. You know, there's a funny thing. I, we named our dog Buddy mm -hmm. and that actually helps me meet people. And I wasn't thinking about it. You know, the kids wanted to name the dog and they did. And I'm like, okay, can we name him like Buddy Love? They're like, no, just Buddy. I'm like, okay, Buddy. Every time we go out, this is a, is a, is a, an excuse to talk to people. Everybody who walks by, he's a very handsome fellow. They're like, Hey, buddy. <laughs> and he looks over at them. I'm like, how'd you know his name? I stupid, but I yeah. like it. It's great. <laughs> what kind of dog? Oh, you know, we got him. Uh, so we got him. You know, he's a mutt, but yeah. he just, you know, sometimes mutts uh, 
like us, we just get that right blend where folks are like, what kind of new breed are you? Yeah, right. That right blend. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not a weird looking mud. He's like, yeah, he looks like he was something one of a kind. But isn't he pure love? Oh, gosh. How they love. They just love. Yeah. I love it. You know, I try to make it so he's not always the first person I say hi to and love on it during the I day. Do. Cause you know, I got humans in the house too. <laughs> oh, but I do. We all do it here. We all do it. I can't help it. They're so perfect. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah. He did wake me up from a nap earlier though. And I was feeling some kind of way about that, but it was short lived. <laughs> yeah. Very right. Cause how could you be mad at their cute little face? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's getting a little old and lumpy now, but he's still gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, well, well, thanks. So what, what about you? What kind of dogs do you have? Um, they're called mini golden retrievers because they're 25 pounds and 35 pounds, but they're, it's golden retriever and poodle. So it looks like a shrunken golden gorgeous. thing. Beautiful. <sighs> and I have two and I, and they're intertwined, they're sister, half sisters and they like intertwine with each other. I mean, they kiss each other. They play with each other. They're, they're, it's beautiful to watch. It also makes me feel less guilty when I go out because I know they have each other. They can play. I, even so, what they really do is they stand by the windows together and watch the window for hours on end. But at least they're together. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You can drive home and the little heads will be poking out the window. Yeah. You look I like a block away to say, I, I know they just hear the car, but I don't know. <laughs> at least oh they're together. They sound gorgeous. Oh, that's lovely. I'm going to look that up because uh, our fella is getting on in years and, you know, we're thinking about retiring in the not too distant future too. It's like, wow, I don't think we're going to get another dog. That's a lot of responsibility. Who are we fooling? <laughs> I'll get one that it's, you know, portable, small enough that you can just plop in and take with you <laughs> like a bag. I don't know. <laughs> What's in your bag, sir? <laughs> your love. I don't know where exactly what's in your bag. Pure love. California is very dog friendly though. I've never been, I mean, my dogs are allowed to go in every, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Very dog friendly here. Groovy. Well, I'll tell you what, we always end our uh, chill conversations, you know, with a, with a final message. Do you have a final message for our millions of avid listeners? Just that it's possible to be in recovery. It's possible, everyone, you know, that you really can put your trader to rest. You can hibernate your trader and you can thrive and you could be happy and you could really lead a fulfilling, healthy life. Put the trader rest. Put the trader to rest. Once again, I mean, have, having a sympathetic experience with this, you know, internal pattern, it, 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 uh, it is an ally that is just no longer, no longer serving, no longer sustainable. And you can be at ease, trader. That's right. Oh. Rest, rest, retire. <laughs> Enjoy, don't, you know, put your feet up. Just don't bother me anymore. <laughs> And I, I, I just hate to beat that over and over again, but I just can't tell you how moved I am about having having that sympathetic, uh, you know, that non uh, hateful, you know, personification uh, that is you, and 
Yeah, I, I love that so much because we, you know, we, we have enough resentment to deal with and then to, to personify our survival behaviors and, and then to hate them. I, I work with, you know, a good number of people and we, we just, uh, we hate that relationship we had with, you know, alcohol, drugs and other behaviors. We hate that former self. And it just sounds like you, uh, you have you know, a, it's a part of us. You want yeah. to have self-love, right? It's a piece of who we are. Even if it didn't work for us, it's still a part of us. And even what cre what she's created, he, she, or they, is created, you know, it wasn't your fault. If you were, you know, your childhood trauma, you are the messaging, you know, you were a child. You were an innocent child. And this is, this is when you learned most of what I think created um, the traitor. Uh, sympathy toward her. Love her, you know? You just don't have to, you could just let her retire. You don't have to have her in your life anymore, but it doesn't mean you have to hate her. You can, you know, she yeah. meant, I really do think she meant, she meant well. She just didn't quite understand what she should have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> she, girl, she did her best. <laughs> she did her best. She tried. She just wasn't going down the right path. <laughs> yeah. Take some time. Take some time. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you so much for coming by and I feel lifted after this and I cannot wait to share this with everyone. Thanks for listening to another amazing episode. No Thanks But Yes is non-monetized and unaffiliated. Available everywhere you stream excellent podcasts. Remember to subscribe today and tell all your friends about it.